Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. I am really pumped and really nervous to preach this. And I'll tell you why I'm really pumped. It's kind of a surreal thing for me. Um, so if you guys don't know uh, too much about me, well, number one, if you don't know me, my name's Caleb. Uh, I, you know, I do, I do worship sometimes, I do the intermission sometimes, I'm one of the adult leaders here. Um, but about five years ago, I moved here from uh, Oregon, a little small town called Corbett, about 3,000 people. Um, but two years before I moved here, I actually um, was listening to podcasts, uh, to like the LYC podcast, it was called 11 at that time. So this is really weird for me, because seven years down the line, I'm here preaching a message, and it's going to be on the podcast. It's just weird. Um, but I'm super pumped to be able to um, to be able to preach to you guys and to be able to give you this uh, this word that God has given me. Uh, so you guys ready? Yeah. Beautiful. I love the participation. Thank you guys. I was really worried that I was gonna be like, are you guys ready? And then just <laughs> I know Brandon knows what that's like. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I try to fill in, but I'm in the booth, so it's like. Yeah, I'm like yelling in the booth, and they're like, what in the world? Um, but anyways, so um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This message went through three different iterations, three different uh, topics. I first started with a topic that I was like, man, I don't like this. So I moved on to another one, and then I had a topic that I really liked, and I came to uh, Matt Tiller and Kimberly with it, and I was like, yeah, this is my topic, and they were both like, yeah, that's wrong. That is the most incorrect thing I've ever heard, and I'm like, oh, so I really had to sit down. I really had to really think to, um, you know, really talk to God. Hey, like, what do you want me to preach on? And uh, he finally, uh, I don't want to say finally, but uh, what, I finally got a word that I really felt like the Lord was, like, telling, hey, I need you to preach this. And, um, I mean, we all, okay, so we all here, or most of us, I should say, that I know of here um, have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There may be a couple people out there that I'm not, like, not sure of, but I know a lot of you guys, and I know a lot of you guys follow Jesus and, and, and believe that Jesus Christ is Savior. Once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that is when our journey with him begins, right? Um, and I, I like to replace this word journey um, with the word odyssey. And it's a very weird word, odyssey, um, but uh, I love the word mainly because nostalgia, because I'm going to date myself so hard here. Did anybody, when they were growing up, listen to like the Adventures in Odyssey CDs? Yeah. Katie? Oh my gosh, I'm not alone here. I really thought everybody was going to be like, what in the world are you talking about? And I was going to be like, oh. Um, no, yeah, so literally almost every night before I went to bed, I listened to this, these CDs called Adventures in Odyssey. If you don't know what it is, it's basically like, um, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's like stories on CD of like these characters going back in time uh, to like biblical stories and like taking away things from it. It's really it was a really cool experience as a kid. Um, but I pulled this term Odyssey instead of Journey because um, the definition of Odyssey is a long and eventful or adventurous journey or experience, which in my opinion perfectly uh, describes how our our journey with the Lord is. I mean, as soon as you, um, as soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you you were you were walking on a journey, and there are some ups, there's some downs, there's some crazy things that happen. God tells you to do some crazy things. Hey, pray for that kid in the mall that you've never met with a broken leg, huh? It's hard sometimes. Um, and navigating said journey can be a very daunting and a very scary task. 
but it was never meant to be done alone. But how often do we do it? How often do we try to do it alone? I mean, it, it, on paper, it seems like such a basic thing. Oh yeah, God gave me this journey to walk on. I should totally walk on it with him. But how often do we just try to, I don't want to say do our own thing, but how often do we feel like we put it on ourselves to, to have everything we need, to be able to say the right things, to be able to do the right things? I mean, we're, we're only human, and we don't have the knowledge of, 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 of everything in the universe, which is why we have God. Um, and uh, I, I, I really, what stuck out to me was John 15, 4, um, which uh, this, is, um, this is Jesus talking about uh, he being the true vine and the Father being the vine dresser. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And I didn't uh, have Brad bring this up, but verse five goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Um, we can't even begin to bear the fruit that God intended us to bear if we don't first partner with him. But like I said before, so often we try. Um, which is why I've decided to title my message uh, Partnership in the Odyssey. I don't know why, but that word Odyssey, like I said, just really stuck out to me while I was studying this. Um, so before we go any further, if it's okay with you guys, um, I'm going to go ahead and praise that, all right? All right, Lord Jesus, thank you so, so much um, for this honor to, to be able to, to give your word on your behalf, Father. Um, I just pray right now that uh, you would speak to each and every one of these students and each and every one of these leaders um, in a way that would impact them individually, but also in a way that would impact us corporately as a church, that we would be able to use the word that you give us to, um, to, to build upon our own life, but also to be able to edify um, those around us. Because um, at the end of the day, we are, called to, we are called to do so. We are called to use your word to reach the nations. It says in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, I just want to thank you right now for everything that you've done already, uh, everything that you're currently doing in this, uh, in, in this service, and also everything you're going to do in the days to come. Um, and it's in your mighty and it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. All right, and this is the part of the sermon where I do what every single youth pastor does, and I tell a story from my youth. Um, so I say from my youth, it was like six months ago. But anyways, um, oh, shoot. Okay, um, so... Has anybody here, has anybody met, like, or know somebody from New Jersey? Okay. Okay. And does anybody know somebody from, anybody from Greece? Does anybody know what those two, what those two demographics have in common? Very short-tempered and very angry. Okay. Uh, the past year and a half, I'm no, no longer worked there, but the past year and a half, I worked for uh, a couple that, that was their background, both of those. And New Jersey and Greek um, just combined kind of make the uh, most scary people I've ever met. So that was my, that was my life for about a year and a half. Um, but one of these days I'm working, I'm a shift manager at this Greek restaurant, and uh, I'm just not having a good day at all. Like, it was, it was rough. People, like, I had customers yelling at me. My, uh, my employees were very uh, short-tempered that day. So it just wasn't a good day, right? And I get off of work. And um, I have to, you know, after work I go to um, my bank because I have to do the most painful thing about being an adult, pay bills. So I'm, I'm out, you know, I, I got to grab some money, withdraw some money from my bills, and I withdraw $300. And uh, I, I hear sirens in the distance, which is, it's a normal thing, it's Fort Mill. Um, but like, 
I see the fire truck turn into my neighborhood. I'm like, oh, that's concerning. I don't know why I always have like a background like paranoia of that type of thing. Um, and I look there, I get distracted, and I look back, and my money's gone. And I'm like, huh? And, you know, I'm a very, I, I, I got to say, I'm not the most financially responsible person. So at that time, that $300, that was, I, I, I don't have another 300 to pay for, for rent. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like looking for, for stuff. You know, I'm, I'm looking all over like the, the parking lot to see if it just flew off somewhere. I don't know. Um, and in the heat of all of this, I kind of just give up. I sit on the curb. I'm like moping, moping outside. And um, finally I get done with my moping. And I go to open my car door. And I realized I locked my keys inside my car. So we're just having the grandest of nights. It's a wonderful day. And I'm just, at that point, I just like, I give up with life, right? Um, but then I call my, my friend David. I'm like, you know, just kind of ranting, explaining the situation. And uh, he comes over. Uh, he, he drives from, from where he lives. And he comes and just, you know, helps me lock my car and everything. I'm like, thanks, dude. But I'm still down $300. So it's still a bummy night, right? Um, but I go home and I get a notification uh, from Cash App. And David just cash out me $300 out of nowhere. I didn't even ask for it. And, he's like, and he was like, yo, do not send this back to me. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, dude, I have to send it back. And he's like, do not. And I'm like, okay. And it was just, it was just so surreal. Like, I've, number one, shout out David. I've never had anybody do that for me before in my life, which was awesome. Um, but it gets me thinking, like, our journey will have ups and it'll have downs. And, you know, crazy things happen. You know, sometimes these downs are caused by other people. Sometimes these downs are caused by ourselves, And sometimes these downs are caused by the enemy. But in every high, every low, every hill, every valley, um, God, the Lord provides through all of it. And I, it got me thinking, if my best friend on earth would provide for me this much, how much more would my best friend in heaven and my father in heaven provide for me there? Um, and, and, and that brings me to my first point. And the whole premise of this is I want to emphasize what partnership with God on your journey brings. And the first point is provision. And a lot of, a lot of times, uh, I, I mean, I have used to find myself asking a lot, but I haven't received anything. I mean, I, I feel like I'm partnering with the Lord. I feel like I'm walking. Why haven't I received anything? Well, let me ask you this question. Have you asked for it? It says in Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, if you can get it on the screen. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Asking God for that which you want or what you need is crucial because God wants to help. He really, like, he, he does. It's not like he's, like, dangling it over your head. Like, ha-ha, I have everything you need, but you can't have it. No. God wants to help you. God wants to provide everything that you need or could possibly uh, need to, to walk out what he's planned for you. But you got to ask because God doesn't want to, God, God wants you to make that choice. It's a two-way street. If God just pours and pours and pours and pours, then it's like, well, you know, what, what, what are we even doing at that point? Um, even in, in, in Mark, 
Mark chapter 10, verses 49 to 52. We're talking about blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus is a beggar on the street who's blind, which is, is, a, is a low in itself of life. He cried out to Jesus. He's like, Lord. And Lord calls to him. He said, come. Calls him to come. Um, if we could pull up uh, Mark 10, uh, 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. God wants to give you what you, what, what, what you ask for, but you've got to ask. You've got to ask. Psalms uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I'm sorry, I'm throwing a lot of scripture, you guys. Brad earlier was talking about, yeah, Caleb's got like 41 scriptures. I'm like, true, but yeah. Um, but anyways, Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Let me pull this up because I love reading this out of my Bible. I've been, this, this specific scripture has been on my mind since like May. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love this verse. Because it's such a beautiful illustration of the resources that God is willing to provide if we choose to ask for it, if we choose to meditate in what he's already said day and night. Because God has promised us so much, but in order to ask for something that you know you're going to receive, you've got to know what he's, what he's promised. Stay meditating in the word. And that obviously requires prayer. And a question that I used to have a lot whenever I prayed was, how do I know what the Lord is, is, is saying to me when I pray? Because obviously the Lord doesn't talk in like an audible voice. Like I'm not like, hey God, I am sad. What do I do? You don't hear, don't be sad, my son. For it is not biblical. No, you don't, you don't, you don't hear that. Um, but God does speak. It may not be audibly. I know to a few people it is audibly, but most, most likely you're not hearing God's voice in the middle of the night in an audible form. So how do I know what the Lord is saying? How do I know what the Lord's voice sounds like? Well, you got to get to know his voice. And that might leave some people a little open-ended, like, well, what does that mean? Well, let me give you an illustration. I was given this illustration a couple years ago. I love it. So let's say it's holiday season, right? You're in a really busy airport. There's people talking, kids crying, a lot of noise, right? Some random Joe Schmo calls out your name. You're not going to hear that. Why? Because abundant and everything else. You don't know that. But if my mom calls out my name, I'm going to turn my head. Yeah, what's up? Because I know that if I don't answer number one, she's going to get really mad at me. You ignoring me? But, um, but yeah. Um, but you, the reason why I recognize that voice in such a busy area is because I, I've spent time with that person. I've gotten to know that person. I've recognized their voice. And you have to do the same thing with the, with, with the, with the Lord. It takes spending time with him. It takes getting to know what he sounds like and 
And, and that, that requires just that communication. That It requires reading the word. It requires personal time of prayer. It requires time in worship. It requires just developing a real relationship with them. And at the moment, you may not know God's voice, but I'm telling you right now, he knows your voice. And I'll tell you why he knows your voice, because he's gotten to know you. Even in the times where you did not necessarily want to know him, even in the times where you did not necessarily desire to have a relationship with him, he was still listening to you. He was still, he was still caring about you. Not only your whole life has he been wanting to know you, his whole life. Since the dawn of time, he's known you. He's known the hairs on your head. He's known how your cells are structured. He's known the sound of your voice because he created it all. And even past that, he has gotten to know you more. So when you cry out, he knows you. And he knows exactly what you need and he will give it to you. Now, not only does partnership with God bring that provision that we need where in every high, every low, whenever we ask, we receive, but he also gives us protection. And that's my second point. Because I know I've been in many seasons where I've, I've fallen. I mean, I've only been really taking my relationship with the Lord seriously since about 2018, June 23rd. Um, but I have fallen so many times. Sometimes it's a little like shortcoming and sometimes it's a really, really, really big mess up. And I'm like, where, where am I? I was over here following the Lord. Fast forward three months. Well, what in the world am I doing? And it's always a daunting question. What if I fall? But God always has his hand extended ready to pull you back onto the path he intended. If you look at Luke 15, we're not going to read all of it, and this is where most of my 42 scriptures come from, um, um, but it's the parable of the prodigal son. And, you know, the prodigal son, he takes, his, he takes his inheritance that he was getting from his father. He takes it early, and he leaves. And he goes and, you know, partakes in prodigal living. If you don't know what prodigal means, just think, you know, like sex, drugs, rock and roll, essentially. The man's going out doing his own thing, does not care what he's doing is wrong. Ends up spending all of his money, ends up being broke, and ends up being in probably the worst place ever, which is, you know, tilling the fields for bread and, you know, having to eat from the pigs. And he's like, man, if I can just go back to my father and be like one of his servants, who they're fed every day, they're given clothing, they're given a place to sleep. If I can just go back and request to be at that low of a point, then... Whew, that'd be so much better than this. So he goes back, and as soon as he gets home, his father spots him, number one, from very far away. And number two, as soon as, as, soon as he gets home, his father isn't mad at him. He's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would do this. He just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. But he just wraps him up. He's like, you're home. And mistakes are made. We get lost. We travel the wrong path. But every single time, God is ready to bring you home. However, can I talk about something a little bit difficult with you guys? Is that all right? All right. However, that rises the question. That used to rise the question with me. Can't I then just, you know, do what I want and then come back when I need it? Because it's a serious question, you know. Like, can't I just, you know, 
come over here, do what I want, have fun, live life, live worldly, and then when I need it, Jesus, I repent. And then once I get my repentance and my filling, go on back? No. No, I'll tell you what. And on paper, you're like, well, why? Because doesn't Jesus pull you back onto the path? Oh, absolutely he does. However, God may pull you back onto the path, but you have to be the one to walk. And if you don't walk, then you're just, you either stay in the same place or you stray off the path and you fall right back down. It says in James, uh, James chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, if I could get that up. For let not that, uh, that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If you live life double, you're going to be unstable. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. You're going to try to walk. And then you're going to see, oh, and then right off the path we go again. And God's going to be able to, God's going to pick you back up every time you want to repent. Don't get me wrong. But in order, if we go back to the, um, Psalms chapter 1, talking about the tree planted by the rivers of water, in order for you to receive that and in order for you to be filled by that water, you must stay planted and you must deepen your roots. And that's a tough thing to do sometimes, isn't it? It says in James 2.20 that faith without works is dead. And I love this. I love what Kimberly said last week, how it's not about the size of your faith. It's about the longevity. It says in the, in the gospel that the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. So we know that big faith isn't a big thing. It's, it's, it's is your faith willing to stay planted where God's called you to? Um, here, sorry, I lost my place for a second. <laughs> um, and then something that Sebastian said a couple of days ago that I loved is you recognize, we all recognize Jesus as our savior, as the lamb, as the one who died for our sins, who, who loves us so much, which again, not discounting that, he does. But you recognize him as savior, but do you recognize him as king as well? Because he's both. He is both lion and lamb. But do we recognize the lion part as much as we do the lamb? And I always kind of ask myself, how do I let God really rescue me? And the answer is by making conscious decisions after you've been rescued. Because like I said, God, he pulls you right back on the path, but you got to choose to step, 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 step. Oh, that looks appealing. No, God's called me to this. Step, step, step. Oh, this is a really good opportunity but it's not in line with what I've been called to. Step, step, step. I've had many opportunities in the past year to, and many, many, many opportunities that weren't bad on paper. They were, they were good. They were things where I was allowed and able to do, um, to, to, to pursue dreams that I've had for the longest time in a more free and, and non-constricted manner, but God had called me somewhere else. So it was really hard for me to let go of these things and then not stray off the path. But whenever I just kept stepping, 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 and making those conscious decisions, everything just lines up. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. is It's called partnership for a reason, right? Because, yes, God gives us provision, right? God gives us protection. God gives us the third point that I'm going to uh, talk about in a second. However, 
we're, we have to, we have to, we have to stay planted because it's a partnership. It's not just God pouring, pouring, pouring. It's God giving us the tools and us walking. My final point, point number three, um, is, is purpose. And uh, I want to start this point by just talking about uh, my life right after I moved here, uh, circa 2017, 2018, right? I moved 2,000 miles across the country. No family besides my immediate family. Bless you, by the way. I don't know who that was, but bless you. Um, <laughs> um, I had no immediate family in the area. I had no friends. I had no job. I had nothing, literally nothing. I had no friends. It, I felt very, 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 very purposeless in that season in a year. And I've had worse times of, of feeling worthless and feeling suicidal, but I definitely played with the thought at that point. I remember being a 14-year-old kid, going to school every day, you know, sitting by myself at lunch, being like, you know what? My, my family is too far away for me to care about me that much. I don't really got friends. Life sucks. Why don't I just, you know, end it? I mean, that sounds so nonchalant on such a serious, dark topic, right? But I was just like, eh, whatever. But June 23rd, 2018, Jesus changed all of that. Because he gave me a mission, he gave me a purpose. And in that, in that time, I realized that I was chosen. Uh, if you could pull up 1 Peter 2, 9 for me. 1 Peter 2, 9. Thank you. Uh, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When I realized that I was chosen, not we were chosen, because yes, we were chosen, right? But you were chosen. You were chosen. You were chosen. You were chosen. I was chosen. I was given a purpose, a mission, going back to uh, Matthew 29, 19. It was called to make disciples of all nations. That's a global, that's a, that's a, that's a corporate mission, but also with the gifts and the, and the talents and the, and the passions that God has given me, the way I execute that, the way that you execute that, it looks different. It looks unique because that is the purpose and the mission that God has given you. It says in Psalm 139, uh, verses 13 and 14, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Whenever I am trying to walk out life not in the plan that God has for me, I often ask myself, or even in the plan that God has for me, but I'm trying to do it myself, I often ask myself, what am I doing here? Heck, whenever I was constructing my message at first, I was asking myself, what am I doing here? But the moment I was like, okay, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Partner with me. That is when everything clicked. And that purpose was given to me. Um... Kimberly, if you could come up and play keys for me. I've always wanted to say that. That's so cool. <laughs> God already gave you your purpose. And sometimes being given something that big of a deal, that's a little bit scary. I mean, like, yeah, he's a, he created you, but, like, it's a little bit spooky, isn't it? Like, somebody already gave me my purpose. 
But rest assured, it's a good one. It's a very good purpose. Jeremiah 29.11, we have preached that verse more times than I can count. But how important is it to know that he knows the thoughts that he has for you? Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I'm myself included, I and, and I know some of you either used to or currently don't think there's much of a future for you. But rest assured, there is. Because God knows the thoughts that he has for you. And it doesn't say it in this translation, um, but another translation says, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. So God's already given you your purpose. So begin to walk in it and begin to walk with him in it. Now, when I was going over this message with Pastor Brandon, he, he brought up a really, really good point to me. Um, so, but it didn't quite fit in my message, at least in the structure, because you saw like the three Ps. By the way, I tried to stay away from alliteration because I didn't want to become an Eben 2.0. But then I said, because my second point was originally rescue, and then... Pastor Brandon wrote it down wrong and said protection and it just stuck with me. <laughs> so, um, but a little bonus point I have for you guys is community is key. And I know a lot of you are like, uh, Caleb, Pastor Brandon talks about community at the end of his messages like every single Wednesday. Why are we talking about this? And I'll tell you why he talks about it so much and I'll tell you why that I'm talking about it now because you cannot disconnect any of this from the people you surround yourself with. Such a cliche. Show me my friends and I'll show you your future. But cliches are cliche for a reason. I'm serious. Because they hold up. Half of the advice that I give to people, whether it's biblical or not, is cliche. And they're like, Caleb, that's so cliche. Yeah, because it's true. Four years ago, when I gave my life to, to the Lord and really started following him. It was at a summer camp, which is ironic because, again, if you don't know too much about me, I grew up in that setting. From the time I was 10 months old to the time I was 14, I was on a summer camp at Conference Center that my parents ran. So pretty much straight out the womb, I was serving at camps day and night. I would go to, you know, I would attend at least, at least 10 camps a year. Not to mention all the winter retreats and conferences and fall retreats that were, that were taking part. So camp life was my thing. That's what I grew up in. But every time I went to a camp, for me, I would always be like, oh my gosh, I love you, Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you and I'm going you know, I'm, I'm to dedicate my life to you, which was true, by the way. That was my heart. But two, three weeks later, every time, like clockwork, just back to the same old living. Just back to, you know, talking in ways I shouldn't be talking, doing things I shouldn't be doing, hanging out with people that I shouldn't be hanging out with. So what changed summer camp of 2018? Me, Carson Holland, Ethan Jefferson, sat around just in like a weird circle triangle thing. <laughs> and we... We, 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 I don't want to call it a pact because a pact seems a little cultish. But we'll call it a pact. We'll call it a pact. We made a pact that 
from now on, we would walk through our walks with the Lord, because we all have separate walks, but we would walk through it together. And that we would keep each other accountable. We would build each other up. We would edify each other. We would teach each other new things that we learn from the Lord so that we would grow together. And I may not have that, um, those relationships anymore, or at least that, those two specific ones. But from then on, I chose to surround myself with people that would edify me and would build me up and would challenge me. And that is why I have not strayed off the path like I did those countless times before. Even at times where I was at my lowest, my very lowest, which was recently, by the way. It wasn't before I, you know, accepted Jesus. It was like a year ago. I was down in the dumps. I lost everything. But I still was going to church, and I was still, that was the one thing I had left, is that I was still trying to make sure I didn't surround myself with crappy people. Um, and one day, I'm at Sunday, uh, I'm at Sunday service, and um, Kimberly's dad, Dean Copley, comes up to me. I love him. Hands me this. Now this, I'm not going to open it because it's a little bit hard to open up with one hand, but this is a little pouch with five smooth stones. And it came up to me, and this is when I just felt like I was worthless. Like, I had just thrown everything away. And he said, Caleb, these five smooth stones are for you. Five stones each representing a giant in your life that God has called you to slay. And he said, not only that, he said, once you have slain those giants, God will then teach you how to disciple others into slaying their giants. And this right here, I just, I, I took it and really awkward, like, thanks, thanks, Mr. Dean. Um, but I, I, I went up to the balcony, there was nobody, and I just, I just started sobbing. Because I had, I felt no worth. I was so suicidal. Depression, anxiety, you name it, I had it. I was on meds at the time because of all the stuff I was going through. And because I had people around me that still cared enough to edify me and to speak prophetic words over me, God showed me, hey, you have purpose. I'm still providing for you. I'm still protecting you. You want, the moment that you say yes, Caleb, the moment that you say yes, Nora, the moment that you say yes, Sebastian, Isaac, other Isaac, Nick, Izzy, the moment that you say yes and come back on the path, I'm right here. So are you trying to walk through your life with Jesus? Are you trying to walk through that solo? And is it really working if you are? It's going to be tough. It's going to have to be intentional. But find some people that will walk through this life of following Christ with you. Because it is We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.